if anyone deserves a temporary break, that would be Big Al. So as you heard, no sports phone first four days of next week, and then he's back. We're going to talk a little bit about a guy who's now taking a permanent break, a retirement. That plus some football talk and then some important matters involving the American Red Cross, one of our great partners here on 1061 ESPN. All of that as our verbal table of contents to introduce you to Jonathan McNamara, who joins us this afternoon, um, as he does on a regular basis on our program on a variety of topics. Uh, Jonathan, hope you're doing well, and I'm going to kind of turn the tables this time around. Normally, we talk about the important stuff first and then get into some sports conversation. But it's a Friday afternoon. The sun is shining. The weekend's coming. College football, the NFL. I want to start with the fun stuff, if you don't mind, this afternoon. Absolutely. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. And, and I'm really glad you mentioned uh, Jeff Warren. Uh, I had the privilege of getting to know Jeff. Um, not only is it my time as a student, but working uh, in support of the athletic department and that have done uh, a number of different things with him over the years in, in projects uh, as an alumni and, and a part of the Duke Club and other organizations I've worked with. And just um, his career at JMU, if you're a fan listening to this, if there is something out there, whether it's a facility, um, a program that you enjoy, and as a fan, that's because of a lot of work that Jeff did and his ability to continue to uh, support all of the athletic programs at JMU, not just the, the big ones, the football, the basketball, the world, but his commitment to um, total athletic department success, uh, the lacrosse programs, the uh, growth of, of softball and what they were able to do and making sure that all of those programs um, had top-notch facilities, the volleyball program and their new facility that was launched recently. Um, that's Jeff's commitment, and, and I think that's why so many people today, when the announcement was made, um, let their thoughts be known about the impact that he had on the broader community um, of college athletics in the state of Virginia. Uh, I'm just really glad for him because I know he's going to earn his trip to, uh, to Montana and Wyoming. Uh, he has some fly fishing, he said, that's on his uh, agenda for retirement. Uh, just really, really proud of him, really excited for what's going to come next. But Jamie's definitely grateful. I had made the comment when we talked about that story about 15 minutes ago, surefire Hall of Famer at James Madison for all of his accomplishments. And there were some times, right, Jonathan, that there was some angst here. I mean, this whole thing of going from FCS to FBS, there were a lot of UJMU people who had some angst over that, wanted it done maybe a little bit quicker than Jeff Bourne eventually pulled the trigger on that with the university. And then he downsized the athletic department, right? He had a relatively massive cut of sports. And trust me, as someone who went through that process at Richmond when we cut sports, it's one of the worst things you can possibly go through if you are in college athletics. Yeah, and I was actually at JMU as a Breeze reporter um, covering the kind of save the whole sports movement that was on campus there. And the athletic department had to make some really challenging decisions. And part of what drive, drove that decision was making sure that if JMU was going to sponsor a sport, um, that they were going to be all in, that they were going to make sure they didn't have tiers of sports where um, you know different varying levels of, of engagement, varying levels of financial support. They said, we're going to support all of our sports that we carry uh, as a brand um, fully. And I think that, while it was a tough decision to have to tell those athletes and the alumni of those programs that they were no longer going to have a place at JMU, if you look at the trajectory of those programs since that point uh, and what it's done for an athletic department being able to compete year in and year out for uh, CAA titles and win so many of them during the course of their time in the CAA, uh, and now the success they've had on the national level, um, gaining support in these national tournaments, soccer, and, and, uh, volleyball, and lacrosse, and women's basketball, uh, I think that's in great deal uh, a part of what 
Jeff's vision was and making sure that that full athletic department success was a priority of the university and, and not just in terms of the, um, the scholarship levels, which was a real change in the cuts, uh, but making sure the facilities uh, back that up as well. And then obviously the decisions around moving to FBS. Uh, I think it was JMU staying in FCS football for um, more time, which allowed them to catch up with the facilities, uh, allowed them to get their ducks in a row financially, but also for the brand nationally to have additional success. Winning that 2016 national championship showed um, that the 2004 national championship wasn't a fluke. Uh, they were able to get a lot of attention with uh, both college game day appearances, uh, and I think that that made JMU a more attractive fit for the Sun Belt. Uh, and then in turn allowed JMU to put itself in a position to be successful when they made that transition. Uh, and I think that will go down as one of the uh, you know better decisions that is made by this program. And that Jeff, um, once again, took a lot of heat and a lot of message boards in other areas, and he deserves that credit. And I think over time, uh, history will show he made the right decision. I made this comment just before you came on, before we went to the break at the bottom of the hour, that I wonder if, if he, and I know he's going to have a great time with the family and the grandkids and the fly fishing, everything that you mentioned, if he could just turn back the clock on himself so that he could enjoy being a part of what's to come now at JMU because he put all that that effort and time, blood, sweat, and tears, all of that into it, and it seems like you're in position to really kind of reap the benefits now, right? You could win a conference championship in another year in football in the Sun Belt. You could get to a bowl game. The new arena should bring success for men's and women's basketball. That I guess he's going to be able to do that just as a fan. I'm sure yeah. he'll do that, but you just kind of wonder if he wishes he wasn't you know, 10 years back and JMU was where it is today, if that makes any Absolutely. sense. Yeah, no, I, I think so. But, I, but I'll say, like you say, he'll get to enjoy it as a fan now. And I, I didn't give Jeff a lot of credit some of his conversations since the announcement. He was very clear in saying that this is a different um, world that we're all living through in college athletics now. And, and there's a lot more mm-hmm. um, pressure on these departments, whether it's the NIL conversations with conference realignment. And, and I think as somebody who's gone through not only what he did in the early parts of his career, but living that over the last five years probably does take a toll on you. Um, And this is something where I think he'll be able to step back now and and reflect on what he did to put Zamu in a position of success. But I think he's also aware of of what needs to happen um, moving forward for Zamu. I know that there's a lot of focus on the need to raise additional funds, the need to make sure that this athletic department has the resources necessary uh, to compete in the Sun Belt. And and I I give him a lot of credit for saying it's time for uh, kind of a passing of the torch to a, to a younger generation of leaders uh, to help drive the university into the future. And, and I think it's the foundation set for JMU um, that is going to put this program uh, right where it needs to be to make sure they're able to capitalize on opportunities. Um, no bigger opportunity than they were able to capitalize on last week um, with the win over UVA. They've now had those signature wins over you know, UVA and Virginia Tech, which has put this program on the national spotlight again. Uh, so just once again, full credit to Jeff and, and hope he does get to wear out that reel uh, over the months and years to come. Well, I certainly don't blame him for bowing out now. He and I are in the same era and age window, and we remember college athletics with a whole different landscape than mm-hmm. it is now with NIL and transfer portals and all of that. So uh, good luck to him in retirement. He certainly earned it and, and enjoyed it. Hey, Jonathan, um, Kurt Signetti this week when he was on with Matt Josephs on Border to Border admitted, you know, they're talking about the big win over Virginia, how important it is, all of that. And in an answer to one of Matt's questions, he said, through the summer and now at the start of the season, I've spent more time focusing in on Troy than I fe- spent on UVA. Um, 
Yeah. yeah how, do, how, do you, right. how do you feel? Do you understand where the head coach is coming from on that one? I do. And, and I actually think one other anecdote that was really interesting this week that came out is Mickey Matthews actually yes. uh, gave Coach Signetti a call and said, hey, you know, remember we lost the week after we played Virginia Tech. So um, this, this seems as advertised. I actually did uh, on a podcast. I, I joined some Jamie folks this week, talked to some of the bloggers from Troy just about the, the success that that program has had over the last two years. Um, they had one and one to start the season. Uh, obviously, got their their win over McDees, uh, and then followed it up against a really tough K State team. But this team is dynamic. Um, off the side of the football, they're a team that likes to run the football, which um, you would think plays in the JMU's strengths as a team that continues to show that they are are a really top notch run defense. However, uh, Troy has shown really effectiveness through their play action game, which I think if there's a real area of concern for the JMU team through two games. Um, kind of some of the same concerns you saw last year is their ability um, to really be competing through the air. UVA had a lot of success with a freshman quarterback. Um, so Troy, definitely a team that I think is going to challenge them on offense. I think the key to this game uh, is can JMU um, continue to show growth on the offensive side of the football? I thought Jordan McLeod looked really good at times um, last against UVA, but there were still some uh, plays he left out on the field. I think he's the first to admit that. Um, he's got to continue to limit turnovers because I think that could be something that as always in sports, could be a real difference maker uh, on a long road trip. Um, this really opens a stretch for Jamie now. Um, going to Troy, having to go to Utah State before they have to come home and play a, uh, a really challenging South Alabama team. So uh, I think that's probably why you saw a little bit more uh, fireworks in his, his press comments this week. Um, really trying to challenge the senior group. Um, he, he's been very candid in saying he doesn't think he's gotten his best football from his seniors, uh, particularly probably on the defensive side of the field. Uh, so we have a really interesting matchup against a top-notch opponent who won the Sun Belt last year, and I think we're going to finally see what is this team made of, especially after an FCS game and a, and a win over a UVA team that, um, let's be candid, uh, might find itself at the bottom of the ACC. It's a really interesting and important week this week for the Duke. I assume you were in Scott Stadium Saturday? I, I was, and I, was, I, I will say when the rain hit, um, I've never been more uh, happy to be soaked because, man, did it take the uh, – <laughs> it was hot where we were sitting. Um, and uh, I will say, that if there was, I'm not going to try to claim and say that I knew we were going to come back. I'm going to be candid. Um, when we hit the rain break, I, I was a little pessimistic at that point. Uh, but there was a moment when the JMU fans kind of rallied around the tunnel before the team came out, um, and you saw just how many JMU fans stayed in the stadium um, <laughs> against the advice of the uh, facility staff from the University of Virginia. Maybe that is a lesson there. The JMU grads didn't follow the instructions. Uh, one of the UVA fans follows the, uh, the guidance of the officials. And I will say as the Red Cross are in the building, I, I probably didn't follow my own advice. But um, seeing so many JMU people in the stands, I think that really did. And the post players mentioned in the post-game comments that that made a big uh, impact, mm-hmm. um, seeing that their fan base still believed in it. And I love Signetti's approach saying, you know, all we had to do was get a score and a stop and then another score and we win the game. And it made that 11-point feel more reasonable um, and realistic. And, and credit to the, the players who – you really stepped up in that moment when things weren't looking that great. I thought there were some um, interesting calls on both sides of the field uh, last week. I don't think it was the, the best officiated game. I think UVA had some moments where they could have broke it open, uh, especially their first carry of the game that was called back in the holding. Um, some interesting uh, reviews that could have been some fumbles that uh, might have gone Jamie's way that didn't, but it made for a great atmosphere. I'll say my, my headline for that day is not, yes, Jamie won the game, uh, and it's a big win. But that's what college sports is about. The tailgates were 50-50 JMU and UVA fans. Um, a lot of families with kind of the T-shirts divided down the center. Um, and I hope the powers of be at college athletics, and especially in the, in the world where the ACC is now a national conference, 
um, look at these non-conference games as a way to to bring these local rivalries into the, the forefront um, and give fans an opportunity to not have to wait 40 years for this matchup to happen again. Um, because it was it was probably one of the more enjoyable days um, as a fan, just being able there to to the split stadium like it was. It was it was just great. Yeah, you should have stayed in the stands, no matter what they said, no matter how hard it was raining. It only <laughs> happens once every forty years, and I think exactly. you did. You did the right thing, and you certainly stayed uh, stayed safe. Yep. Um, were you watching on Monday night when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into his Jets career? I mean, Bob, we've talked about the Jets before on here, and I feel like I've said so many times that the curse is real. <laughs> and if and if anybody had any doubts, seeing him, you know, come out with a flag, I've never. I thought MetLife looked like it had more energy uh, on Monday than it did when they hosted the Super Bowl. Um, just a fantastic atmosphere, and to have it happen four plays into the into the game just felt like the most Jets thing ever. Um, and of course, for us to, to wind up finding a way to win that game, just the, the weirdness of how that whole thing um, really played itself out, just is a, is a perfect summary of my fandom as a Jet. Um, but I mean, look, I will say I thought Zach Wilson. Um, while he struggled at points, he looked better than he has looked. Am I going to say that I have the same expectations um, as before the season? Yeah, because I kind of expected it was going to go this way. I just didn't know what the outcome would be. If it was, I, I was surprised it didn't happen with him, you know, going to see a Broadway show or coming out of the bus. It seems like Jets always find a way to do something in the, in the most unorthodox way possible. But uh, I'm just, just another year as a Jets fan. What Hockey veteran? What veteran? What what veteran quarterback do you hope they get? Honestly, at this point, I, look, I, I listened to RG three openly campaign for himself on another ESPN program <laughs> yes. this week, and uh, I but I thought he was honest enough in saying, "Look, would the, you look at the quarterbacks out there, whether it's a, a Carson Wentz or or some of the other retreads, a Colt McCoy, yeah, other guys that could come in and, and maybe bolster the quarterback room from a depth perspective, but." Um, look, they they made Zach Wilson the number two pick overall for a reason. Got the talent, that offensive line, um, as we saw in all four of, of Aaron Rodgers' snaps uh, on Monday night. Whoever's a quarterback for the Jets is going to be somebody that's going to need to get outside the pocket and use their legs. Um, any of the names that are out there, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz, not going to be those types of guys. Definitely not Matt Ryan. Um, so I say, yeah, give give Zach Wilson an opportunity to show what he can do. And and at the end of the day. Um, maybe something shakes loose to the trade deadline, um, whether it's Arizona or the Rams that could possibly um, maybe be willing to, to make a deal with the Jets. So I think, especially as you go through the next stretch of games, it was going to be challenging for whoever the quarterback was for the Jets. Um, so I, I, I actually for once agree with what the Jets are doing here and let's see what he is. And then at least you finally might have an opportunity to know what you have in Zach Wilson and see if he has made the progression um, that some of the coaches have thought he has made. Is that coach speak? Probably on some levels, two things could be true at the same time. Um, but we'll see. Should be interesting. Jonathan, let's speak of the American Red Cross to, to wrap things up. And I, I really wasn't like burying the headline here because, as no, I said, no, no, we, no. we normally we normally do start with that and then finish with a little bit of sports. So I'm glad we're doing it this way, but that should not still take away from the importance of what the American Red Cross and you are doing. What's kind of at the at the top of the list of challenges right now? Well, for starters, uh, we announced on Monday a, a national blood shortage, and I, I cannot overstate. Um, how challenging the blood collections environment uh, has been in the U.S. over the last month. Uh, we saw a 30,000 donation shortfall in the month of August. Um, that uh, follows a 50,000 donation shortfall that we saw at the beginning of the summer. Um, and if you were to come into our building, uh, we saw CBS 6 did a story this week where they actually filmed some of the blood on our shelves. You'll see we, we are significantly low in terms of the supply um, here in Virginia, and that mirrors what we're seeing across the country. 
um, with all of the weather events we've had across the country, in addition to um, people taking vacations and high schools and colleges just getting back in the session, um, we saw that drop in, in appointment signups for the Red Cross. And that has a real impact on hospitals in our area, um, particularly uh, communities like the sickle cell community, um, which always feels the brunt of these types of blood shortages. And that could lead to situations where doctors and nurses have to make um, really challenging healthcare decisions in terms of who gets blood uh, and when they get it. Uh, and when blood transfusions are delayed, in many situations, that can mean pain for, for people. It can mean um, cancer treatments are harder to maintain. Uh, and that's why uh, when you have these conversations, fortunately, if there is uh, a good headline that comes from these, is people do answer the call to donate. Um, so if you're somebody listening to this, redcrossblood.org, um, there are blood drives being added in our community each and every day. If you're a local business uh, that has a facility that can host a blood drive, we also want to hear from you uh, so that we can make sure we have blood drives uh, throughout our community that are accessible. Um, so again, redcrossblood.org. Um, on top of that, it's been a very busy uh, disaster season for the Red Cross. We have volunteers that deployed to the Northeast uh, in advance of any potential impacts of Hurricane Lee, um, in addition to having over 30 volunteers in Maui uh, and in Florida right now uh, working with the Red Cross response teams there to make sure that those people still have uh, an ability to continue what's going to be a long recovery process. Jonathan, keep up the good work with the American Red Cross and uh, keep up the good rooting for your teams as well. It'll be an enjoyable fall. Awesome. Hockey season's two weeks away for, yes, for training camps. So I'm excited there, too. Yep. We'll thanks, talk Bob. about we'll talk about the Islanders in addition to JMU and the Jets and every, everything else. Jonathan, thanks. Exactly. Have a good weekend. Yep. Bye. Jonathan McNamara from the American Red Cross. And as we said, kind of our resident JMU and J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets fan as well. All right. Break time for us. Almost 10 minutes to 5. ESPN Sports Center update coming at 5 o'clock. We'll get you there after the break on 1061 ESPN.